This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this podcast is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. I am pumped today to have Benjamin with me. Thank you so much for joining me today, Benjamin. Thanks so much for having me. This is going to be a great and fun conversation. So tell people about yourself. Yeah, so um, I guess like I would describe myself as uh, a Lego enthusiast or a Lego maniac, uh, number one. Uh, I'm a, a swimmer um, and, uh, and a brand builder. And, and really, it, it's my brand building career as a brand consultant and, and strategy has kind of come, it's come out of my love of play and my, my love for, for Lego. Um, and it's kind of spanned over like, you know, a 12 or 15 year career so far. Um, that's kind of morphed through several different transitions and has taken me around the world. It's so beautiful of your story. And that's what I'm excited for people to hear. So I guess that's what we'll flow into. Benjamin, what are you not sorry for? <laughs> I am not sorry for playing with Lego. And because <laughs> it truly has taken you around the world. But I want to start from... The beginning. Where did this come from? Where did the Lego play? Was it childhood? Was it adult? Where Where did it start at? Yes. So it started when I was like three years old. I got um, a, a Lego set, and I still have the the original Lego set from like 1986 or something. Um, and the the beauty about Lego is that the Lego from back then still works with the Lego of today. So it it all just integrates, and that's like the beauty of their their system. But so I got this this Lego set at three years old. And it was like this warehouse mail center, like a, almost like a USPS um, center. And I just fell in love with it. And I remember just like it was, uh, it had like two base plates and you could you could um, rotate it and like kind of change the, the look of the building. And I remember building it with my dad. And then just from there, it just took off. And so I just started to build towns and then cities. And then as I got older, I started to build environments and take over my parents' basement. And I basically ended up <clears throat> like in the, the summers, like before, like during high school, even I was building cities that were like 50 square feet. So like, think, you know, like, like five feet by 10 feet or six feet by seven feet. And these weren't just like flat towns. They were, um, they had like topography and rivers and mountains and, um, and, you know, downtown districts and a marina and all these different elements you would find in a city. Um, and so it was just kind of my, um, my like little laboratory to build these environments um, and kind of mimic what I was experiencing in, in the real world. And then kind of um, also like trying to solve different problems. Like, so uh, for example, I remember when I finally got my hands on uh, the Lego monorail, which is like a, uh, it came out in like 1991 and I always wanted it and never got it. And I finally got it in college. And so I had like the this kind of layout and I was like, well, how do I in, input this monorail back into the city and how do I make that work? And so I had to go start, 
you know, figuring out how that the layout of the track would go, how that would change the roads, how that would change the the feel for the the Lagonians on the sidewalk, how it would destroy the buildings or have to go through buildings, all these different problems that I was just kind of exploring through play. And then um, what was kind of funny is Seattle, where I grew up, they were actually going through the same problem of wanting to put a light rail through through West Seattle. And so they were doing the same thing. They were, uh, you know, saying like, well, we need to, to tear down these buildings and we're going to change this street and we're going to have the, the path of the light rail go through here. And so I just kind of like was this connection of, wow, like what I'm doing with Lego is, is you know, real world problems. Um, and that's what kind of got me interested in uh, city planning and, and urban planning and landscape architecture and kind of developing these environment, the built environment for, for us humans. Um, and, and so Lego was a big inspiration uh, for that and for how, for what I studied in, in college. I love that. And I think the important thing too is so many people do not stay with things that they basically they, they have passion for, they like to play. Like since I was a child, I know I've always been told I was wiser beyond my ears and I've always been helping people. Like mm -hmm. that's my natural thing. It's just, I didn't know that's just something that was me. But yeah. there's a lot of people that don't, that never embrace what they're good at, but how much it can take you to the next level, which I think is important to talk about. Mm -hmm. like, it literally Legos and your love of play. And also I think an important part is that you've talked previously with, um, after or before this conversation about how your parents mm -hmm. allowed you to have that play. And that was extremely important, but how that allowed you to get to the next level of traveling the world. So if you don't mind, just talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, after I graduated uh, from college, I, I moved down to LA, um, and I worked at an architecture and planning firm and started to, uh, work on these amazing, like resort residential developments and communities in the, uh, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Jordan, Morocco, uh, Egypt. Um, if you look up the Island of Happiness, that was one of the projects that, that I worked on. And it was one of, I was on the team that developed the master plan for uh, Sadiat Island or the Island of Happiness off the coast of Abu Dhabi. Um, and so that was just an incredible time. And it was, it was, it was also incredible because it was right at the beginning of my career. Um, and so I couldn't have asked for for better experience uh, to actually get to design and draw and and just kind of play on paper with through through pen and ink um, what these communities would look like and how people would would actually embrace and and interact within those environments. Um, and the funny thing is, like you you mentioned that a lot of people don't stick with their passions. I at that point was still trying to bring Lego into my work, but I was being rejected like left and right. Like my, my bosses were like, what are you talking about? Like, how can we bring in Lego? Lego's a toy, all, all of these different things. And so I, I kind of started to move myself further away from, <clears throat> from Lego. So I was still a big fan of Lego, but it was something that I, I wouldn't talk about with anyone at work or, or, you know, even my friends didn't know my insane like Lego collection um, that I, that I have. And so then I, um, through LinkedIn, actually, uh, I found I had an opportunity to move to Hawaii uh, and become a strategic planner. And I was embedded with the U.S. Air Force Pacific headquarters um, as part of their their team. And um, and again, I, I went from these like super resort luxury residential communities that we were developing to 
strategic planning with the U.S. Air Force, which was very, very different. It was like a complete, like 180, uh, completely different worlds. And what I noticed with the Air Force was we were doing a lot of workshops and, and planning and trying to envision what these uh, these plans would look like. And it was very hard to get uh, the, the airmen to open up and want to draw because they, did, they didn't want to make a mistake. And I wish I had known, I wish I was certified in Lego Serious Play uh, back then because I think that would have opened up so many more conversations and just uh, everybody's ability to build and, and click and connect and tell stories. Um, and so, so working with the Air Force, that was really kind of what got me interested in culture and the organization and the, the, the hierarchy structure and the experience that that um, the, the organization gives off. The Air Force has a very different feel from the Navy or the Army or the Marines, um, and it's very different from corporate America. And so I saw those, those uh, differences, but I also saw this kind of the fact that they're kind of like branded worlds they're kind of like their own ecosystem um so my first uh project when i when i got to hawaii was i was told all right you have two weeks to, to get onboarded and then you're going to korea for the next two weeks and so uh we we like pack up and like we fly to korea and uh we land in seoul and we're like immersed in like this korean culture and we jump on a bus <clears throat> and we drive for like two hours out in the middle of nowhere and then all of a sudden there's this big brick gate and it says Osan Air Base. And we pull through, we show them our passport and orders. And then right as we drove through that gate, we were transported back to Anytown, USA. Everything within the boundaries of this installation felt like Americana. And yeah. that's where the, this term branded world kind of popped in my head. Um, I remember writing it down and I was like, I don't know, I don't know what that is, but that seems like something. And that's actually the, the name of my, my company, my creative agency, um, because uh, that example is it's like just a, like I was designing those uh, resort residential communities that were like kind of gated and private. The Air Force installation is the exact same thing. And it's it's also similar to um, a Starbucks coffee house or a, um, you know, a Disneyland or a Disney uh, world. It's, it's that encapsulated world. Um, that they're that they're designing and that they want you to kind of stay in. You can even think of like a website as the same thing or social media. They want you to stay in that platform, stay in their world. Um, and so, how do you then develop a brand experience that keeps them there and keeps them intrigued and and excited uh, to stay? So that's um, that's a long way of saying. So I was working with the Air Force and traveling with them um, around the world. It kind of led me to this other path of the brand experience and culture and teams and uh, and how important those are in order to deliver a better brand experience. And I think that's important to touch on too, because that's a lot of work that we do at Worksby is like from the, and that's where we got really nerdy at was mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. how engineering your environments. And there are so many things that impact us that we don't know about. Like in Starbucks, most of the lighting is more of a yellow tint. Most coffee mm -hmm. shops will have that because it actually makes you feel like you're going to sleep more and you're going to drink more coffee. Mm -hmm. There's like a lot of science <laughs> behind it. And yeah. it's that feeling and eliciting responses that we may not know about, but unless you, you kind of study it a little bit or you yeah. just flat out nerd on it. <laughs> I think that's really cool to talk about how your play has came with you and you've allowed it to come with you, but how much it's impacting more people. And yeah. so what would you say about that and the importance of it? Yeah, so so uh, 
like I was saying before, as I moved through my career, play was actually becoming less and less a part of me. And I felt like something was kind of missing. And the work with the Air Force was was fun and challenging and extremely, um, you know, tight deadlines and, and kind of kind of crazy, but it was it was also missing that play element. Um, and so when I was like went off on my own to start my own creative agency and I uh, got into um, I got to Chicago and I was I was working with with clients and talking to, to prospects and saying, you know, I want to help you build this branded world. And the concepts were great, but they were very high level. And so it was just through through networking that I found a uh, a networking event that was like come play with Lego and meet new people. And I was like, well, that that sounds awesome. And so I went and that kind of like uh, there, I realized that you could get certified in Lego Serious Play, which is a methodology that uses Lego to help solve these complex business problems and kind of brings everybody um, to the uh, like a level playing field and kind of opens people up in a in a way that that you don't really realize. Um, and it kind of makes you feel safe and you're in this kind of environment. And I was like, I was like, wow, I didn't know that existed, but that's awesome. And then that could be the tangible piece for this, you know, the, the, the branding work and how all of that kind of fits together. And so uh, it was, and then it was also the combination of really leaning in to who I am and, 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 you know, play matters. That's kind of like my, my, uh, you know, my mantra almost um, and, and why it matters so much. And I think that all those pieces kind of together kind of pushed me to, um, to, to lean into this a lot more. Um, and it, it's been, it's been a lot of fun over the last, the last year, I guess, is when I've really started to, to lean into it. And that's the cool part of it. The first time I brought this into one of my classes, of course, I'm not certified or anything. I just was like, yeah. hey, my, we found my brother's massive pile of Legos. <laughs> and so it, we had buckets upon buckets of mm -hmm. Legos. And so we're like, shoot, how can we use this? And it was actually about being a human being uh, versus a human doing. It was a mm -hmm. class on that. Mm -hmm. But what we found, what I found is it was so interesting to see people's eyes just light up. Yes. And the psychology for me behind it is no offense to my husband, but I learned to have a conversation with my husband is he had to be doing something. Mm -hmm. so get something a little bit extra, like, just think about it. If anybody that's a man that's listening to this, if your wife comes and stands like this and wants to have a talk with you, like where us girls were like, ah, chit chat, da 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 da. Where a man, for some reason, for my husband, is like, oh God, she's going to go deep and she's going to say stuff, but I don't know how to handle it. And don't know how to handle it. So, but needless to say, that was the coolest thing to see people open up for their play. And it's like, mm -hmm. kids again. Yes. And so, talk about that on bringing your childhood being a human being you know instead of a human doing all the time talk about that for a minute yeah i think that's one of the things that i really love about it is because like when i was host hosting uh community events um to kind of like get the word out and get people to experience um, lego serious play for themselves um there's there's a lot of people who would show up and they would be kind of like i'm not sure what this is like i've never played with lego or like I never collected Lego. Is that going to be a problem? And and then like when we start, they just immediately kind of fall into it, and they're like, they're like, oh, I I know how to put all these pieces together. And and the 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 amazing thing is that there's no right or wrong. It's it's really like the the fact that you're thinking with your hands. It's firing like you know both sides of your brain, and it's it's your hands are connected to your brain. And so 
oftentimes you can think faster with your hands than the words that come out of your mouth. Um, and so when you build a model in like three minutes, whatever that model looks like, when you hold that up and someone says, okay, now show the story of the model, your first instinct is kind of like, well, there's no story here. But then if you if you just kind of let yourself talk and share what that model is and what it represents and what the different pieces represent, all of a sudden there's there's this cascading amounts of detail and depth that and metaphors that come out that you wouldn't otherwise get. And so that's that's really like the the power behind it. It's like the magic that happens. Um, and to see people who are who are like complete strangers. The I was I called it uh, conversations through play. And so I would I would uh, invite a bunch of people who didn't know each other, but they may know like me. Um, and when they would sit at the table and do these different things, and they would kind of share about themselves. Like one person raised their hand and was like, "I don't know this person sitting across the, the table from me, but in the last ten minutes, I feel like I've known them my entire life." And so it's that that human connection and that going deeper and being authentic. And I think that's the what Lego Series Play allows you to do. And and so it just has so many different like functionalities and and it can be used in so many different ways. It's it's just an incredible tool. And it, and it all just kind of stems back to um, like neural research and neuroscience and and the human human body and how we want to connect and collaborate with each other, but we often don't communicate in the best way. And Lego kind of becomes that language that we can that we can communicate with. And I agree with that because I think it's really cool to be able to see people, like you said, it's like like they just they just connect yeah. and it's so quick. It's like how they did they never talked and they've been working together for like 30 mm -hmm. years and it's like now we're playing but it reminds me of kids yeah. like my son it cracks me up on times like he'll talk about his new friend i'm like well what's his name i don't know and i'm like okay so like kind of say he's not his friend and my son was like no that's my friend <laughs> you know like to set me straight and to let me know but i think that's the thing that is so cool with it is that it really takes people to the next level mm -hmm. so that's my question for you is what have you found from this what have you like what's an experience and you're like ah an aha moment for your people whenever you're facilitating yeah so uh I, this just happened um i think like last week um i was working with my clients uh we were developing a brand foundation for a new startup and we're going through um, kind of developing the the vision, the mission, the core values, um, and like the, the brand promise, and all the different pieces that kind of make up the the brands so that we understand who the brand is and what it represents and what it stands for. Uh, and so when we we're discussing the core values, uh, this was just really powerful. I had I had uh, my clients build small, like taking like five bricks and like taking two minutes and and building an aspect of one of the core values, and then uh, they would go around the table and they would each share what what that core value meant to them and then i would have them work together as a team and connect their models so that the core value model was one and then they had multiple aspects of like defining what that core value means and then we extracted that through storytelling and so the notes that came out of that and the the final product was so much deeper and my client said at the end of it they were like this was incredible we want to save these models and like because they, they of what they what it means to us and and how we can see this physical representation of what these core values mean and how we want to live them for our company that we're building and that was that was just a a great moment for for me 
I love it because, it, again, I think it helps whenever you play. You're, what it actually does a lot of the time is the stress. It brings your yeah. stress down. And stress can literally shut off your learning centers of your brain, um, your prefrontal cortex. It, mm -hmm. Like you don't have that executive uh, functioning. You don't have that planning. You don't have those things that your your body wants to have. They want to be innovative. They want to be creative. And that's the beauty is whenever you take it to that to that play moment and adding things that, again, that you love since a child and you've allowed it to grow you into what I would say is some greatness with it to be able to follow through. And if you were never like if, if somebody told you like that's dumb like but you had um i want to talk about your parents and, yeah. and and how much they supported you in this and like spoke life into you i'm a, this is assumption i'm assuming that they spoke life into you and said hey like shush the haters like you do you so talk about <laughs> that for a minute yeah i'm i'm extremely grateful for for my parents and i think they like what they did was they, I think they saw that I had such a passion for Lego and that they would buy Lego for me for my birthdays and Christmas and every chance I, I could get, I got Lego and they just kind of let me go nuts with it. And, and I think it partly was because it kind of, you know, keeps you out of trouble. Like it was quiet. It was, you know, like <laughs> all the, all those things. Um, and so the other thing is my dad is a, a landscape architect. And so whenever I had questions like engineering questions, I would talk to him and he would, he would kind of like not give me the full answer, but would say, you know, well, think about this. Or like, if you're building a bridge, like what kind of supports do you need for the train to be able to pass over it? Or like, you know, have you thought about like topography or how would you, how would you build this out and how would you make it maybe a little bit more realistic versus, versus, um, you know, a little bit more, um, kind of like cartoony, like it, and so he just helped me kind of shape and and figure things out. And I think the me being curious and then having this passion and then them supporting my my passion for this really helped me uh, learn to problem solve, learn to conceptualize, learn to communicate ideas. Um, I was also a big uh, drawer, so I would draw all the time. So I'd be sketching things and then I would build them out of Lego. So it was almost like like Lego was like my molding clay. Um, and, and so I think just those those things that they instilled in me have um, helped me just tremendously continue to pivot throughout and adapt throughout my career. And I think that's important because it makes me think of right now, my son, I'm so blessed to get to watch him. He has that engineering brain. My father invented a lot of stuff that makes the carpet textile. I talk about him a lot in this podcast. My dad is now taking the time because he's 3D printing and that's what my son's doing at nine um and just to see him the things that he's creating and crafting mm -hmm. and growing i was blessed to get to do that at a young age and to get to see him and i know how it's helped me be able to get to the next level to use my engineering aspect to see how things are designed but also my love for people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how it's important to have that mentor that coach or somebody by your side to be able to help you along the way and so I think it's such a blessing and um, shout out to your parents <laughs> for the work that they allowed you to do and let you be a kid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They let you play. So whenever you are an adult, you still want to play. So with this, final, uh, my pre-final question <laughs> is people are apologizing for having play and playing with Legos or doing whatever it is. What, what would you tell people that keep apologizing for doing things that make them like playing with Legos? What would you say to them? I would say to 
for like you know kind of like block out what what other people are saying and really lean into whatever lights you up whatever gives you energy uh because you know especially in these times that that we're in we need to find things that that give us energy and that light us up and that make us feel great uh, and that gives us joy because when you when you do that people are going to see that in you and you're going to you're going to give off a much better energy um, and so it's just going to help overall. If you don't fill up your cup, um, then you can't be overflowing in and give to others. I think that's important. And I actually talked to my kids about that today. <laughs> in a glow stick. And are you leaving the place that you enter into better than it once was before? And I think that's so imperative to shine your light and to be a difference. Be a, it doesn't mean that you have to have rainbows and butterflies and be happy all the time. But no matter where you're stepping into, mm-hmm. make sure that it that you show up and you you make it better. And the irony is that Mr. Mike is on here as well. And I actually have a whole class that's devoted around him because there is a Southernism that says, bless, or, bless your heart. And so after I left a conversation with Mike one time, I said, thank you, God, for that blessing. You know, how many people, whenever you step away from it, are you saying, thank you for that blessing? Like, I needed this today. And I think that's the importance of it. But also, I think it's very important of knowing yourself Mm -hmm. and your environment, you, but also how the environment impacts you. So that is an amazing, amazing, amazing talk. I want to ask Benjamin, if anybody wants to find you or learn more about what you do or what you're going to do. Um, if you could tell them where they could find you and just give them a little heads up about what, what you're working on. Yeah, uh, I'd love to. Um, so I would say the best place to find me is on my website, brandedworld.co, uh, and um, sign up for my newsletter. The Play Matters newsletter comes out once a week on Mondays, uh, and that kind of gives you all the details of what I'm up to. Um, I, I'm Yeah, that would be awesome. And I'll say I actually subscribe to that as well. So he does have <laughs> content. That's how I know that he got his Lego shoes, too. <laughs> so. Thank you again. And thank you for all that have tuned in. Have an awesome and blessed day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for. If this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.